This morning's scripture is taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We appreciate Brother Joe leading our singing today. We're grateful for his ability and his willingness to be with us today. And we're thankful for your presence. And if you are visiting, we do encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. Today we're going to be talking about why one should become a Christian. And I want us to think for just a few moments about that particular theme. Why should one become a Christian? And no doubt there are probably any number of reasons that you might give as to why a person should become a follower of the Lord. And I think about the abundant blessings that we enjoy in Christ. And no doubt there are literally just multitudes of blessings bestowed on those who become followers of the Lord. But what we want to try to do is to isolate four reasons why one should become a child of God. And so in just a moment, we're going to be doing that. As I said a moment ago, if you're visiting, we do invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. If you are in the process of looking for a church home, we invite you to consider the work here at Olive Branch. I know that we would be thrilled to have the opportunity to work with you as we serve the Lord in this community. Now, as we think about our theme, why should one become a Christian? The first reason that I would give would simply be this. It will bring harmony to your home. Now, you may ask the question, why begin with the home? Well, the home is the bedrock of society. Some have said, and I think they are correct in their assessment, as the home goes, so goes the nation. There are a lot of reasons why one should become a child of God, but I really believe that those who have peace and harmony in their home life are those who are followers of God. Now somebody might say, well, I'm not a Christian and, and yet I have a very good and stable home life. It may be the case that you are the exception to the rule. You see, those who are followers of the Lord, they have as the foundation of their home, Jesus Christ. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 127 at verse 1. The psalmist wrote, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. I would submit unto you that if you want to have a successful home, you need to become a child of God if you're not one. You need to be a follower of Jesus Christ because in so doing, you are going to lay the foundation for success in your home. Was it not Jesus that said in Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, 
Whoever hears these words or sayings of mine and does them is like unto a wise man that built his house upon the rock. He said, the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. I really believe that as you think about your spiritual life, one of the most important things that you can do is build your home on the Lord Jesus Christ. To lay that kind of foundation. In Psalm 128, here's what the psalmist said concerning those who build their homes on God. He said, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well. Your wife shall be a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Let me ask you this question. Is your home built upon the Lord? Those of us who are fathers, are we setting the right example in the home for our children? The Apostle Paul said, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Look around in our society today and note some of the problems that young people are having. It does not take an Einstein to realize that many homes have vacated the promises of God in his word relative to the home. Children are not, are not being taught. The foundation has not been laid and thus our society is suffering. We think about respect and obedience in the home. Paul said, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. He also said, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. And then we think about husbands and wives whose marriages are in trouble. And one of the reasons is because Christ is not at the apex of that marriage. Because they're not followers of the Lord. Jesus said, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. I would submit unto you today that one needs to become a Christian. One needs to be a follower of Jesus Christ in order to ensure harmony in the home. Now I said just a, mom a moment ago that there are many homes today that may say, well... We're not followers of the Lord, and yet we have a stable home life. Well, that may be the case. But if you want to have true success, if you want to ensure stability in your home life, then you need to implement the principles of the Bible. You need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There is a second reason why I believe that one needs to become a Christian a follower of Christ. And that is that in becoming a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have help in times of hardship and heartache. Now, there are a lot of things that could be said about this world. 
And you and I, we can look around in our world today and we see some individuals that experience any number of good things. There are some people in our world today, it seems as if they never have any problems. And yet on the other hand, there are individuals who seem to have one adversity after another. How can you and I overcome the various heartaches and hardships of life? I would submit unto you that one of the best ways to deal with hardship and heartache is through faith. You have to have something that will literally anchor you in the storms of life. What is that anchor going to be? You may say, well, I'm not expecting to have any kind of hardship. I'm not looking to have any type of heartache in my life. That may be the case. None of us expects to have adversities in life, but we know that they come. And yet faith... Faith in the Lord can give you an anchor to withstand the various storms of life. I would hate to think that I had to go through life without God in my corner. Think for a moment about Job. Job was one of the great men who lived during the Old Testament era. The Bible tells us that Job was a good man. He was a man that feared God, that turned away from evil. And yet Job had any number of difficulties that really are hard for us to fathom. The Bible says that he had ten children. All of those children were killed. Seven sons and three daughters. Job not only lost his family, he lost many of his flocks. His response, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In chapter 2 we read of Job experiencing physical problems. His body was racked with, with boils from the crown of his head to the, sole, to the soles of his feet. His own wife said, curse God and die. Job experienced problems unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. It would be my prayer that I would never experience the losses that he suffered. And yet in chapter 13, verse 15, here's what Job acknowledged. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. God is the anchor that will sustain us in times of trouble. Now there are people in our world today that will say, well, I'm not a Christian, I'm not a, I'm not a follower of Christ, I've faced adversities in life, and yet I have come through those adversities. That may be the case. But wouldn't it be easier to face the trials and the tribulations of life with God at our side? When I think about the faith that sustains the Christian, there are two things that come to mind. First of all, the promise of God. Listen to what God has promised those of us who are followers of the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 13, the writer said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? 
You want to talk about one of the great promises of the Bible. This is a promise that you and I can literally hold on to during the trials and struggles of life. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When Joshua succeeded Moses, Moses was the great lawgiver and leader of Israel. And I can only imagine what Joshua must have felt when God called upon him to assume the leadership of his nation. Talk about big shoes to fill. Well, Joshua, Joshua had to succeed one of the greatest men to have ever lived. And yet God said to him that he would never leave him nor forsake him. And God says to those of us who are his disciples, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So that's a promise. But then also, those of us who are Christians, we have the opportunity to pray to God. Now there are a lot of blessings that we enjoy as God's people. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 3 that every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus belongs to those who follow him. To think that all of the spiritual blessings known to man reside in Christ. Among those spiritual blessings, the opportunity to pray to a God who has the power to affect change in our lives. That's why Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's why Paul said pray without ceasing. That's why he also said continue steadfastly in prayer. To know that you and I have the opportunity to approach the throne of God in prayer. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 the writer said let us therefore draw boldly unto the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You and I have the opportunity to pray to Jehovah God. And in so doing, we know that there is help for us. So why be a Christian? Because there is help in times of heartache and hardship. There is a third reason why I believe that a person needs to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Why a person needs to become a Christian. And that is to escape the horrors of hell. Now I'm well aware of the fact that there are people in our country today, in our society, that do not want to hear about hell. And most of us, we like to accentuate the positive versus the negative, and that's only normal. But what we have to understand is that Christianity affords us the privilege of escaping this place called Gehenna, the hell of fire. Did you know that in the New Testament, that Jesus had more to say about the subject of hell than any other person. The only other reference to hell outside the teaching of Jesus is found in James chapter 3. And James uses the word Gehenna, the hell of fire, in, con in the context of the tongue. But those of us 
who become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The assurance is that we escape the horrors of hell. Now in life, we want to be successful, don't we? I do not know of anyone that does not want to be successful in whatever endeavors he or she pursues. But I can assure you that if you miss heaven and you land in hell, then your life has been an utter and absolute failure. A failure because, number one, you will be separated from God Almighty and from His people. In Matthew chapter 25 at verse 41, Jesus said, speaking to those on His left hand, and He has here in mind the judgment to come. He said, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, those who inhabit hell are going to be separated from Jehovah God, from Jesus Christ. They're going to be banished from the presence of God Almighty forevermore. Now I think about the separation of hell. The fact that those who are unrighteous and ungodly, that will be their future abode. Most of us, we want, to, we want to live by people that are of good character. And yet when we talk about hell, think about some of the inhabitants of that abode. Murderers, liars, adulterers idolaters. We think about individuals that have chosen to live lives of open rebellion before God. And yet those who are in hell are destined to spend eternity with those people forevermore. Not only is there separation in hell, but there is suffering in hell. You see, those who become followers of Jesus Christ who obey the gospel they escape the horrors of hell and how horrific it will be. In Revelation chapter 20 at verse 10, John pictures that lake which burns with fire and brimstone. And he said that those who are destined to spend eternity there will suffer day and night forever and ever. No relief. That's why it's called the second death. Can you imagine being in a place forevermore, no relief? As a matter of fact, Jesus said, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell is a place of unquenchable fire. It is a place where people live and never die. They die and never live. Now I know that there are people in our world today, they have the idea, listen. I've lived a hard life, I'm tough, and because of my tough mental disposition, I might just go to hell, and if I go to hell, I'll take it. I can endure it. No, you won't take it in hell. You won't just endure it in hell. You may have the idea that it won't be that bad of a place. But I encourage you, read what the New Testament has to say about the subject of hell.
There is not a person on this earth that would want to spend one minute in this region called Gehenna, the hell of fire. I really think that our society today needs to be awakened to the fact that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Why become a followers a follower of Jesus? Why become a New Testament Christian to escape the horrors of hell? But then fourthly, I believe that people need to become New Testament Christians to enjoy the hope of heaven. We're talking now about our future. The good fortune to know that there is a place reserved for us. Why be a Christian? Why be a child of God? Well, the reasons are numerous. Number one, you enjoy pardon from sin. When you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, every sin is washed away. That's what Ananias told Saul of Tarsus. In Acts twenty-two sixteen. 16, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. You enjoy pardon. You enjoy peace with God, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. But you have the promise of heaven. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said that those who are in Christ, that they live in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. Let me just ask this question. Are you going to heaven? One day will you be in heaven? If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, then you're not on the road to heaven. That's why you need to obey the gospel of Christ. Listen to what the Bible says about this abode called heaven. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter said, It is a place that is incorruptible, undefiled. He said, It fades not away. It is reserved in heaven for you. In Revelation chapter 21 at verse 4, he said, in heaven, death will be no more. Death invades the human family on a daily basis. And yet in that beautiful abode, we will escape death forevermore. The Bible says God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more pain. There will be no more crying. There will be no more tears. For all these things are passed away. Now you contrast heaven and hell. Why would anyone want to miss heaven? Why would anyone in his or her right mind choose to live a life contrary to the will of God? The beauty and the blessings of heaven. Jesus said in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Why become a Christian? Because of the hope of heaven. A hundred years from now, what you and I did on this earth will be of little importance. Oh, it will have mattered whether or not we served the Lord. But as to the type of house we lived in, the clothes we wore, the land we owned, the money that we had in our bank accounts, all of those things will be irrelevant. The only thing that will matter, were we a faithful child of God? 
What about you today? Are you a Christian? What would you need to do? The Bible says you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. As a matter of fact, belief is placed before salvation in Mark 16, verse 16. We must not only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we must be willing to repent of our sins because Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish, Luke 13, 3. We must be willing to confess his name before others as the eunuch did in Acts 8, verse 37, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then the Bible says we must be baptized for the remission of our sins, Acts 2, 38. If you're here today and not a Christian, why not obey the gospel? If you are a Christian but you've left the fold of God, you're not living faithfully, could we encourage you to come home? Could we encourage you to come back to God? We would be happy to pray with you and for you. God will abundantly pardon based on what John said in 1 John 1, 9. Would you come as we stand and sing?